Well, good evening, and uh, thank you for having us. And we'll turn to Matthew chapter 5, and we'll read just one verse, verse 3. Uh, greetings from Dallas. I uh, want to extend my personal thanks, but the thanks of the congregation as well for your prayers and for your support. Uh, every once in a while, I'll receive a, a note, uh, and sometimes it even has a little uh, monetary attachment uh, for, uh, for the Dallas work. And so on behalf of us, thank you. We'll read uh, Matthew chapter 5, and we'll read verse, just verse 3, the words of Christ. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's a, an interesting verse, and it was a verse, especially when I was a younger Christian, that I didn't really understand. And perhaps uh, you're in the same boat. Um, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Uh, what does that look like? Uh, it's not something we talk about necessarily today, uh, at least not in a, a general vernacular. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Uh, well, uh, we understand spirit in a lot of different ways. Uh, when my kids were uh, in uh, school, uh, I remember they would come home sometimes and talk about that it would be spirit week at school. Uh, and that was a time when the, you were meant to uh, don your your school, you know, emblem and your school uh, T-shirt and and uh, be uh, excited and encouraged about the things that were going on in your school. Uh, you know, sometimes that means that there's a little rivalry uh, between one school or another. But that was Spirit Week. Uh, we might use the, the term uh, a spirited animal or a spirited horse. Uh, and certainly that means that they have quite a bit of, uh, I don't know, vim and vigor. Uh, I've heard it here, they have a lot of vinegar. <laughs> but uh, they, have a, they have a lot of life in them, maybe, is the one way to put it. Uh, well, this word spirit, as it's used here, is uh, from a Greek word called uh, pneuma. Uh, it's the same word that we get uh, pneumonia and pneumatic from. And it essentially means uh, the air or the breath uh, that you breathe. Now, certainly the Lord doesn't mean here, blessed are those with poor breath. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Uh, if that were true, none of us would carry around uh, mints. But, but he says here, blessed are the poor in spirit. And, and so if we break this down a little bit further, we understand that, uh, that uh, back in this time, uh, they used phrases uh, to refer to the spirit or the essence of an individual uh, being uh, captured within their breath. Uh, we know this uh, in other contexts when Jesus was on the cross, uh, as he was there and he was, and he said, it is finished. It says that he gave up the ghost. That phrase is a phrase used to describe that he, he gave up his spirit. He gave up the breath of his lungs. He gave up life. And of course, we know it was for us. So that, that phrase, to give up the ghost, is in a similar uh, fashion here. Uh, Timothy uh, used, or rather uh, Paul used this phrase in talking to Timothy in chapter 1, or for, pardon me, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, 
in faith, in purity. Uh, you know, the, the word as it used in the context here is uh, be an example uh, about, uh, you know, who you are, your, your very spirit, your very essence of who you are, what you portray to other people. Uh, I gave a, a talk here once in Portland, and it was uh, for the youth, and, and I told them, I said, it's, it's about how you smell. Now, you take that however you want to. But in essence, the, the truth of it is, is that you, we kind of get a, a, an aroma, if it was, about our spirit, about who we are. People kind of know by our actions. People understand uh, things about us by the things that we do and the things that we say. You might say in a spiritual sense, an aroma of uh, who you are. You ever heard the phrase coming out smelling like a rose? There you go. So this idea of what it, what is it to be poor in spirit? What, what does that mean? Uh, well, if we were to, uh, to talk about the, the spirit even more, uh, we go back many years ago, uh, and when they began to try and uh, ferment and, and keep stores of grain or, or fruit or whatnot, uh, eventually they would distill those things down, and that's why they called them spirits. They thought they were getting at the very essence of this thing. And so Jesus here is, is saying, Blessed uh, are those that are poor, or in this case we might say, uh, Blessed are those that are low in their spirit, uh, not downtrodden or, or downhearted, but, but those that submit their spirit rather, uh, to the will of God. And so if we were to go through an exercise here and, and we were to try and, and break ourselves down to our very essence, uh, what would, what would be left? What would there be? I think that's an exercise that we can all do personally and individually. I'm not going to call any of you out. Uh, you know, we, we, if we boiled ourselves down, what would be left? I know that that if you are not forgiven, if you are not saved, uh, there is a sin stain that would be left in your essence uh, that you would not be able to get rid of. It's a part of who you are. It's what God sees when He looks at you. And the, the, the last special tonight, there's room at the cross for you. Uh, there's a remedy for that. God can take care of that. If we boiled you down to your very essence, the spirit of who you are, that stain is insurmountable except by the blood of Christ. And Jesus offers that to you tonight. Amen. Something to get excited about. Uh, but let's say you're saved and we boiled you down to your, your very essence of who you are. How loud does that speak and does it speak over God's voice? Uh, I got to thinking about this a little bit more. We think about Elijah. And when Elijah was running from Jezebel, I have to say, when you read the account, I think I'd be afraid of her too. Uh, here he come off of this great victory where uh, the Lord answered by fire in a miraculous way. And we see that Elijah was emboldened by that. 
but then he he became frightened and he he ran away and we see the lord uh, and I, I just you know don't you love the lord the, the way the lord just kind of followed elijah and the way he just provided his needs and took care of him but he got to this place where uh, where he's in you know he's he's struggling he's in this cave and the lord tells him to go out and and we know there was a in chapter 19 of first kings there was this great uh, earthquake or first there was a great wind. There was a great earthquake. And then there was this, this great fire that came. But it says the Lord wasn't in any of those things. You know, calamities and difficulties and, and struggles come into our lives, don't they? Uh, difficult problems that we anticipate, and then sometimes they feel like that. Great big winds that come through and just shake us to our core. Or earthquakes, fire. But then it says that the Lord spoke in a still, small voice. And that's a really important thing for us to understand, uh, that, that God doesn't speak loudly. I mean, He's God. He doesn't have to. Think about that. The loudest people out there are the people that really have no power. It's just the truth of it. It's not about uh, power. It's about getting themselves heard and all that. God doesn't have to speak loudly because He's God. Because He holds the power. Because He holds everything in the palm of His hand. And so how this relates to our spirit is if our spirit is so loud we can't hear the voice of God, what does that mean for us? If the things that we engage in, the things that we're doing, and the things that, that add to us and people boil us down to those things, if those are so loud we can't hear the voice of God, what does that mean? Well, he tells us that blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that submit their spirit to him. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I gave you the, the well, I didn't give it to you. The Lord gave it to you. The, the, the key to the kingdom of God. The, the key to the storehouse of heaven. The key to eternal life. He said, if you come poor in spirit... The kingdom of heaven is yours. It's yours. You, you own a, a piece of it. And that's not just in the next life, although that would be enough. But in this life as well. If you want to reach heaven, if you want to have the things that God has for you in this life, have that poor and quiet spirit before God. Uh, the Lord spoke to Elijah, gave him encouraging words. You know, sometimes this old life throws a lot of things at us. Uh, makes us uh, hearing all sorts of different voices, all sorts of different things. And the Lord just says, just be still. Just be still and know that I am God. I heard something recently that I thought was rather apropos. Uh, and it's relative to, to my work as well. Things are very busy. Uh, where I work, there's just a lot of things to do. Uh, boy, you can say that about both of the things I do. But anyway, uh, the the reality of this is <laughs> this uh, phrase came and it said that, you know, a, a ship is surrounded by water. Uh, but it's not in trouble until it takes on that water. You know, the, the same is true for us. We uh, we are in the water. There's There's a lot of difficulties. There's a lot of things around us. But we're only in trouble if we begin to take on those troubles around us. If we begin to let those things attach themselves and become affectations of our spirit. 
You know, the, the, the news and the, all of these different things that go on that, uh, that we uh, pour so much energy into, these things add or rather attach to our spirit. Uh, these things become a, a part of who we are. If I boiled you down tonight and politics was one of those things that came out, well, push that aside. Let it go. It isn't worth it. Uh, why would you hold back the storehouse of heaven uh, to be worried about what other people think? We, we come to realize that the only person that matters, the only opinion that matters is God's. And He has given us His opinion over and over again, and we can follow it. God will be faithful and has been faithful to us. I thought about Matthew 13:22, and of course we know the account there in Matthew 13. He he, he talks about the the different kinds of ground, and when we think about the the thorny ground, right? Uh, so first we talk about the path, and the path is uh, those that have hardened hearts. Uh, the the uh, the stony ground are those that uh, that have shallow hearts, and that thorny ground, you know, that thorny ground actually produced fruit. But what happened? It says that the cares of life came in and choked it out. The cares of this life uh, drowned out that thing. Uh, They began to attach to the Spirit. And they didn't have what they had anymore. Uh, My yard's full of weeds. You can come take a look. And it's it's an amazing thing that happens. I've watched these things. They, They grow straight up. Dandelions grow straight up and straight out. They're horrible. They are. Uh, you pick a dandelion that you've let grow for a little while and it gets a big old patch around it. There's nothing underneath that. It made sure of it. It's taken care of it. And so the, the, the things that add themselves to our lives are just like that. Uh, we want to push those things aside. We want to reach out and, and obtain the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, I've already mentioned, gave the example of him uh, giving up the ghost. He submitted his spirit uh, to the will of God. And I find it interesting that when we look at uh, chapter 5 in Matthew, when we look at the, the Beatitudes here, how the very first thing he says is really about submission. Because that's the key. We can go on here. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, the, the same is true if you mourn for your old life. God will bring comfort to you if you let Him. He doesn't want you to go back to that. He doesn't want you to go back to those things. And so He'll bring comfort. Uh, We read on, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But He started all of this with, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that submit their spirit, submit their ideas, their will. You know, we, we see this continued on. Once you get saved, the, the opportunity exists for you to be sanctified. You know, that is the road of sanctification. That is the way that it happens is by submitting these things before God. In consecration, holy consecration is a way of submitting your will to God. Submitting your spirit to God. Uh, wanting God's spirit to be the thing that overshadows everything that you do. And then once you are a sanctified vessel, you are ready to receive uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God won't send His Spirit into a heart that is full of their own spirit. There's no room. There's no room. So if you want the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life, then submit your spirit to God. 
If God's been talking to you about something that's in your life that, uh, that He asked you to give to Him. I'm going to pick on Brother Gary for a minute. I appreciate Brother Gary's testimony. And if I get it wrong, Brother Gary, you can correct me. But I appreciate Brother Gary's testimony because he, he talks about how the Lord called music from his life. And, you know, we know that Brother Gary likes music. But he was willing to do that. He was willing to give it to the Lord. And the Lord said, okay, here, use it for me. You know, the Lord knows. The Lord understands the things that are dear to your heart. And God isn't asking you to be an automaton or an unindividual. He doesn't want a robot. God made all of us unique and He expects us to be unique individuals. But what He asks us to do is to submit that individuality to Him for His use, His control, for His plan, because it is the perfect and best plan. There is none greater. And we have all benefited, and again, I'm going to pick on Brother Gary, we have all benefited from the consecration that Brother Gary made. We have all benefited from it. We have all benefited from the consecrations we all have made. Because the Lord has been with us and given us the keys to heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to give your spirit, submit it completely to the Lord. In Isaiah 57, 15, he says, He dwells in the high and holy place with those that are of a humble and contrite spirit. That's what God's looking for. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. If you want to receive from the Lord, if you have something maybe you've been praying for, submit your spirit to God. Submit those things that He's called out of you. Even if He hasn't called something out of you, just submit it all. Lord, I haven't felt you call this yet, but I give that to you too. The Lord will be faithful. Because the goal here is to make heaven our home. God's goal is to give you every gift that He has available for you. And that includes the Holy Spirit. That includes being filled uh, to overflowing uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is no coincidence that it says that that place was filled with a mighty rushing wind. The sound of a mighty rushing wind. We've just been talking about the Spirit. And the Spirit of God flooded that place. The Holy Ghost came through and filled them. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, actually in 29, he says, uh, Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. Jesus has asked us to learn of him. What are those things that concern you? What are the things that, uh, that uh, grab a hold of you and try to attach themselves to your life? Uh, you know, that's a, a daily struggle for all of us. Uh, Paul said it. He said, I die daily. You know, he, he wasn't saying that somehow he needed to make sure that he gave blood every day. What he was saying was is that there's things that wanted to attach themselves. There are, there are notions, there are things that, uh, that could uh, cause a flare-up of his own spirit and cover out or, or blot out uh, those things that God wants done. We don't want to be like that. We want to be like Paul. And I like Paul's conviction at the end of his life. He, he says uh, that he has uh, finished his course. He has kept the faith. The same exists for all of us if we submit our will, submit our spirit before God, and let God have complete control. God will be faithful. God has been faithful. God wants to touch you tonight. 
Maybe there's something that's been uh, holding you back from receiving uh, sanctification. Maybe there's something that's been holding you back from receiving the Holy Spirit. Uh, God says, submit your spirit. Submit your identity to me tonight. God will be faithful to you. Uh, God has been faithful. He's brought you here tonight to be able to experience and have uh, his uh, blessing tonight. Amen. The Lord will be faithful. God bless you.